NBA season is back. NBA season is upon us. Basketball is finally returning after a wild season, after a great playoffs. I'm so excited to see basketball come back. We're kicking things off. Warriors and Lakers, Bucks and Nets, two great matchups to start off the season. Can't ask for much more from the NBA. I mean, it's going to be a great season, you guys. We're going to be keeping you guys updated all season long with these podcasts on the NBA here on the JV Show. Tonight, I'll be your host, Johnny Vianos, and I am joined once again by my two NBA analysts and co-hosts for the night, Theo Vieira and Mateo Chagas. Theo, what's going on? Not much, man. I've been enjoying the preseason, and I'm ready for the real deal now. Yeah, man, I cannot wait. If you guys remember last episode, Theo had that big Sacramento Kings prediction, and so far, it looks like it might come true. I mean, they did beat they did beat the Lakers 116-112. So 4-0, 4-0. That's all you gotta <laughs> say. So we'll see. We'll see if that prediction pads out. Uh Mateo, what's going on? Uh not much. Um yeah, like Phil said, the preseason was fun to watch. But I'm I'm ready to get into the season. Yeah, of course. Now it's the real deal. Now yeah. we see teams, you know, come together and start playing their best ball. So it's definitely gonna be wild. Can't wait to start things off tonight talking about various different things. But I just want to start off with like some general topic of discussion here. And I wanted to talk to you guys just about which teams or which players you're most excited to see this season, because we've had a lot of guys shift around. A lot of teams look much different than the previous season. So, Theo, uh, we'll go to you first here. What are you most excited to see this season, whether that be a team, a player, who are you expecting to succeed the most and who are you most excited to watch this season? Yeah, I have a lot of teams that I like to tune into. Some of them aren't mainstream teams, but as a Raptors fan, the most exciting thing for me to see is the Raptors finally back in Toronto and I'm ready for them to have a good season. See Occam's going to come back strong. That's, that's really what I'm looking for, but there's going to be lots of strong pieces around the league. Lots of the young guys are really developing and lots of, really great performances in the playoffs last season. So we're going to see if some guys like John Morant and those guys are going to take it into the regular season because jaw, he was on a great run jaw and lots of other guys, Devin Booker, we're going to have to see how it, how it goes in the regular season now. Right. Definitely. And as you guys probably know, NBA's 75th year anniversary. So it's definitely going to be a big season. A lot of interesting things to watch out for. I'm Mateo. What are you most excited to see this season? I know we've talked a ton about the Chicago Bulls. I know you're super high on them. Um, you could talk about them or somebody else. Who are you most excited to watch this upcoming season? Yeah, to start, like you said, Chicago Bulls, I think with their passing abilities and their dunking abilities and even shooting abilities, I think they're probably going to be the funnest team to watch this year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have some crazy highlights and, I think they're from what their preseason has shown, they have amazing chemistries already going into just the preseason. So I think that's alone is going to be really fun to watch. One player I'm kind of interested to see, not necessarily excited. I mean, I am excited to see this player play all the time, but is Zion because you guys I'm sure have seen that he definitely has put in a lot of weight. I saw um I saw a video and a picture of a comparison from his rookie year, like um media day shoot to this mm-hmm. and like dudes put on a lot of weight and not muscle weight like it's clearly fat weight and i'm 
I'm really curious to see if, uh, like, if he's gonna decline. Like, I don't think he's gonna decline, but I'm just. I mean, he. It looks like he's just not taking enough care of himself. Like, kind of like a shot kind of thing. Like, you don't want to see those, especially now. Like, you don't want to see those players come into the league and give up on their bodies and have a five-year prime and they're done. Like you, a player like Zion, when he was coming to the league, we're calling the next LeBron, things like that. So I think that he, well, I'm, I'm ready to see what's going to go on with him. Yeah. He's now, also got a broken foot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. So both um, kind of things to watch out for. And now that the NBA is so athletically driven too, you need to be able to move around. And especially since he's that focal point of that Pelicans team overall, he's going to need to produce big, big numbers this year. And I'm expecting him to step into a big role. And obviously if he's not taking care of himself, like you mentioned, Mateo, that's going to be a big problem for him and his future going forward. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Williamson as the season progresses. Um, Now let's switch over and we'll kind of reverse the question here. Theo, what's one player or which team do you think will disappoint and won't perform up to expectations this season? Ooh, that's a good one. Team that won't get up to expectation. Hmm. Uh, definitely, I think a team in the West. There's just so many teams there, again, that are so top. Like, there's so many top-tier teams in there that one of them is probably going to end up getting disappointed, whether that's in the play-in or just by missing the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too sure one specific team, but there's definitely a lot of teams out there. Some younger teams might be looking to take some places from, I don't know, maybe the Blazers could be a team that I'm looking at to possibly disappoint, even though they have Damian Lillard. I'm not sure if they're going to be a solidified playoff team this year. Right. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit as the episode progresses. But the Blazers were a team that I think we're going to be highlighted in the next segment here. But Mateo, uh, we'll talk to you next here. What's one team or one player you think won't perform up to expectations uh, in this NBA season? Um, I think a player that won't perform to expectations is Jalen Green. Um, I, I, think he's, I think he's good, but I think that he's almost too ball dominant. Like watching him in the preseason, I know I know it's just preseason. That's it's just how it is. But he's on a team with Kevin Porter Jr., a very ball dominant player, and um, who else? They they've got a, they've got a bunch of other players. They got Christian Wood too. Like he's really good. So I don't know how Jalen Green's necessarily gonna fit with them. Like he's been taking. I, I've seen some of the shots he's taking. He's taking some really bad shots in preseason. I I know he's just coming into the league and. It's a big step going from the G League to the NBA. But I, everyone's saying he's winning rookie of the year, and I I don't think that's going to happen. I, I want him to prove me wrong, but I I just – I don't like his – I don't like his attitude, and I don't like his – his how ball-dominant he is to the point where it's kind of like he's a ball hog on the floor. Right. Theo, your thoughts on Jalen Green this season? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people are thinking he's going to be the rookie of the year right away people were thinking that so I don't know I'm not too sure how it's going to work out with this Rockets team again it's just been preseason so we got to see how it's going in the regular season but definitely something to keep our eye out for yeah no doubt and I know we talked about uh, rookie predictions last episode actually 
Theo, we were talking a little bit about, and we'll get into that at the very end of this episode. We'll, so we'll save that discussion here. Um, so let's segue away from that. And I want to talk about a few bigger name teams here. So Lakers and Nets in particular, we have focused on them a lot. And there's a reason for that. Lakers had a huge off season and the Nets, of course, that big three is in question right now. So Theo, talk to you first here. I'll talk to you about the Lakers. Are the Lakers good enough to hold up the whole season and run through the playoffs and get a championship? Or is the age on that team going to hold them back down the stretch when it comes to playoff time, when they've played an 82-game season? Is the lack of young age going to hold them back? I think they're definitely capable of winning a championship because they have that experience and they have lots of guys that can get it done. So, you know, maybe if they're playing a worse team, you could have LeBron taking a rest and then AD and Russ will be able to hold up the load. And then if Russ needs to take a break, AD and Braun, and then so on and so forth, there's, they could just step in. And I think they're going to get a good amount of time to rest this year. So I think the age is going to catch up on some people, but obviously we know LeBron takes care of himself really well. He'll be good to go for a solid amount of the games. AD, he's a question mark. If he could stay healthy, that's going to be really good for the Lakers. And Russ is always looking to play as many games as he can at full force. So I feel like this is a team that can definitely go all the way if they just sort out their chemistry. And once they start playing as a team and start getting everything flowing nicely, I think it's they should be looking to be a top seed and pushing for a championship here. No doubt. Yeah, that's the beauty of having so many top tier players on your team. All those guys are very, very consistent, but the odd game where one of them's not going to be performing, you know, up to standards, they have guys who can step in, fill in that role and put up big numbers for the win. So I think that's the key to the Lakers success this year is just the amount of talent on that roster. Mateo, uh, let's talk about the Nets here. Now the Nets, they have a big three in Katie, James Harden, Kyrie, you know, we already know that, but with all this information around Kyrie surfacing now about how he possibly won't play, there was some rumors that he might actually retire. All that, I believe, was BS, I think Kyrie said. But still, like, if Kyrie doesn't play, can the Nets seriously contend for a championship? Or does that kind of pull them away from the front runners for a NBA championship this season? You know, I, I think out of that big three, I think Kate... Kyrie's the least important one. Like I'm not, I'm not taking away from his skill or anything, but I think James Harden and KD are much better than him. Hundred percent. So I don't think that he's that. He's like the third option on that big three. So I think I don't think he's gonna retire. I think, but you never know with Kyrie. He says stuff in the next minute, like it's like, dude's like mentally unstable or something. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's he just doesn't I feel like if you're if you know you're on a top tier team like that and you're you're playing the Nets are a, t- a win now team. They're not uh oh we might have next year. Like Kyrie needs to play and he needs to play like at least 70 game this season. And it's not only people are saying like he's not going to be playing on home games, but he's also not going to play in places like um he's not going to be playing on the Warriors floor. He's not going to be playing on the neck, the Knicks floor, because they all different states have different laws. So you don't know if Kyrie, like Kyrie will probably play 
with all these guys and getting their rest and stuff and him figuring out his stuff with Brooklyn, I honestly think he might play 30, 35 games this season. Like, I don't see him playing a crazy amount of games. And I think coming playoff time, that's a big problem because I know you're getting rest, but you also need experience throughout the year. Like, you can't be dull. Coming playoff time, you need to be full force and ready to go. So, and that's even, that's even if he's going to get vaccinated and if he can't play home games in the, in the playoffs either. Like, what if... What if Knicks? What if it's Knicks versus Nets, and Knicks are an eight seed? Kyrie literally won't be able to play that series. And I'm I'm not saying that the Nets would probably beat the Knicks, but I think it's a big problem. I think it's pretty selfish of him to not get vaccinated because he's really letting his team down. It's just flat out ridiculous. I mean, I don't I don't know how much money it was. I thought I saw fifteen million. I don't know if it's around there, but Kyrie's sacrificing so much for. What doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, or a needle. Good, good for him. Good for him. And I don't want to bring politics into this, but good for him for sticking with whatever he thinks. But it's to the point where you're like nearing kind of the ending of your prime. Like he's still in his prime. He's still a great player. But I still think that, you know, he's coming to an age where his career is going to be over sooner than later now. And he needs to you know, he needs to play. I mean, this guy can't be sitting out. He can't be doing this to the Nets organization who bought into him. And now he's like, no, I don't want to take a vaccine. That's going to place your guys' playoff contentions and championship aspirations in jeopardy because of my selfish decision, right? Theo, I don't know. Let me, let me know your thoughts on this Kyrie situation because it's, I think it's kind of ridiculous from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he plays more than half the games. I think he'll probably end up playing less than that. And also Kyrie has injury risk as well on top of not getting vaccinated. So Kyrie's going to be Kyrie. I mean, he has some crazy thoughts, flat earth and all sorts of things. So you never really know what to expect with this guy. And I, I think he's going to stick, hold his ground here, to be honest. I'm not sure if he's going to yeah. end up getting vaxxed. And for fantasy basketball, stay away from him, please. Yeah, Do he, not pick him. He's an auto pick. He's an auto pick. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. He's you never know what this guy. Uh, it's just it's 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 a high risk for low reward. Well, I don't know what he's gaining out of it. There's nothing that okay, you don't get vaccinated. You're sacrificing possibly the rest of your career here, though. I mean, is that really what you want to do? Is that really where this decision is taking you? And the Nets now, okay, they can get it done with KD and James Harden easily, but taking Kyrie away, that's no small little detail. I mean, he's a very, very talented player who makes that roster much better. So the Nets are going to have to figure things out. To top that off, he can't practice with them either. Yeah. Like, if you're a guy, if you're that main, one of those main guys on the team and you can't practice with your team, you can't play home games. Like, to be honest, if I was a coach or a GM, no, like – I know this. I mean, people are saying this, but I'd honestly trade him. He 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 can't. He doesn't do anything for your team. How could you have a guy playing your games that hasn't been at your practices? Can't play half of your games. Like, what what are you gonna do when he's on the floor and isn't that practice? Not learning things that the other players are learning. So I I think it's a big problem, and I gen like it, it's a really bad decision on his part. I mean, and then you got to think, how does this affect the team? I saw James Harden. Uh, 
interview at one point, I think this last week, and somebody asked him about Kyrie and just the attitude he gave back was just like, I don't want to talk about Kyrie. Like this situation is complete hell. Like we don't even know what's going on with him. He's going crazy. This is emotionally affecting the Nets as a team. I mean, we, they need to bond as a team and get ready for this upcoming season. And when Kyrie's just sitting at home in his dungeon doing Instagram live streams, you're not going to gain much from that. Right. So I, I still think the Nets are a phenomenal team with lots of great talent, but as far as Kyrie goes, that's going to be a hit if he doesn't play this season to that team. It's going to be a really yeah. good blow. All right. So um, now moving away from that, uh, let's talk about the NBA finals here. Let's make some early finals predictions. I know season hasn't even started, but it's always good to throw out a prediction out there because it'd be crazy if it did come true in the end. So Theo, give me your finals prediction. I mean, it doesn't have to be spot on. It could be a few different teams that you think might be there, but what's your best throw at a finals matchup this upcoming season? I mean, I don't want to say the Lakers because I, I thought that last year as well. And I feel like there's definitely possibility for something in this, something down the line to happen where they end up getting screwed over or they don't have the cards fall in their favor, have the chips fall in their favor. But the Lakers, obviously, I mean, you got to have them at least in contention to get into the finals. You just can't leave them out of there. Definitely some other teams from the West that could get there. But, I mean, I think everyone knows the Lakers and the Nets are favorites to get there. But I could see the Bucks going again for a back-to-back -back finals. I mean, they kept their core strong. So, I mean, I, I, see, I think they could do it again, even though last year it was questionable. Some people were questioning if they would even be in the finals if every team was healthy, which is fair. But, you know, I, I think that Giannis is going to come back hungry again, and he's really ready to prove that that wasn't a fluke last year. Yeah, no, I don't think it was personally. Um, what the what the Bucks showed was great. I know we talked about how their path to the NBA championship last year was a little bit easier than past years, but that can't take away from what Giannis did in the playoffs. He carried that team, and I think that him alone can – you know, bring a championship once again to Milwaukee for the Bucks, And they have a great supporting cast for him as well. And Drew, Chris. So I think that, again, they're going to be a team to watch out for as a finals contender. Mateo, who do you got matching up in this year's uh, NBA finals? Yeah, you, you always have to have the Lakers in there. Um, like Theo said, I think last year they just had a bad luck. And I think that they're going to be there. And I, I think another team that could possibly make it in the finals is Golden State. They have Clay back. You saw how Curry probably had his best season ever last year. Statistically, it was his best season ever. Yeah. And I think that he would have won MVP if their seating was higher, but that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think with Clay back, with their young players progressing and them having their high draft picks lately, I think that they can get a good, I think that they could get a good season goal this year. I think when Clay's back, they're going to really pick things up. And I generally think that the conference final will be Golden State versus Lakers. I think that that's a big probability. Maybe the Clippers, but I don't, I don't, I've never really had lots of hope for the Clippers. And then for the East, I'd probably top three teams, Bulls, Bucks, and Nets. I think the first teams got to put the Nets in there to make the finals, but I think the Bulls and Bucks are probably tied for me for second 
Yeah. And I think what we're seeing the Bulls doing is phenomenal. And I said this over and over again, but I think they're phenomenal. And I think that the Bucks are also great offensively and defensively. They can get it done on both sides of the floor. So I think I think it'd be really interesting to see any of those teams. I'd be happy to see any of those teams go to the finals. Hundred percent. I think you hit it. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Bucks and Bulls. I'm kind of drawn between both because the Bucks, it's kind of confirmed. We saw that they can make a championship run. Now it's whether or not the Bulls have the team. I think they do. It's just we haven't really seen a ton of in-game play from them. So that's really what it's going to come down to for me. So to cap things off here, to finish off this episode, let's run through some award predictions. So we'll start with Rookie of the Year. Theo, I'll go to you first, and then we'll go to Mateo right after. Who's your Rookie of the Year this season? You know, I mentioned this in the Hot Takes episode. Yep. Scotty Barnes, I think, is a guy I think that could definitely win it. I think this is a year where there's the biggest array of possibility for the Rookie of the Year. There's the top five picks, obviously, could definitely be winning it. Uh, another guy I'd look out for is Josh Giddy of Oklahoma City Thunder. He's going to get lots of minutes, and he's going to fill up the stat sheet, assists, points, rebounds everything he does it all and he's gonna i think he's gonna have a phenomenal season but scotty barnes i'm gonna back yeah for sure mateo who is your pick for this year's rookie of the year yeah i got i got josh giddy i think i i've been watching him play and i've seen how he's been playing it i think the way he plays and the passion he has for the game is just amazing and he's he's honestly like like a like kind of like a like a Luca kind of like you're not you're not great athletically like you're, you're you don't have that great athleticism like everyone else does but you see the floor like no one can you can shoot the ball you can finish pretty good and you can play defense I, and I think that's I think that's really important defense is one of the most important things I think Josh Gray can do that really well so yeah, I think I think Josh Gray is in, is a is a great pick for rookie of the year and because He's really only got shy on his team. That's pretty much it. And other than that, like I don't see anyone else taking it from him. I maybe yeah. Cade Cunningham, but I think that they have like Jeremy Grant on that team and players like that. So I think that they have. I think that Josh Giddey's my, my my top pick. Yeah, for sure. Now uh, moving over to Coach of the Year, Theo, I'll go to you next. Coach of the Year is kind of one of those awards where it's kind of if the team does well, you get the award, which makes sense, right? But who, in your opinion, is going to take home that Coach of the Year award this season? Yeah, I see Coach of the Year as you kind of have to have like a top four seed at least. And if you make a big improvement as well, that especially helps. So I could see the Bulls coach getting it. Maybe I could see the Heat coach getting it. Those are probably the main guys. Obviously, any of the other top seeds could definitely pull it off as well, but I would see big improvement from the Bulls especially, so I think that would be the front runner there. No Sacramento Kings coach? No, Luke Walton. <laughs> he needs to go. He needs to go. He's probably one of the worst coaches in NBA history. Yeah. Oh. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and Mateo, who do you got winning coach of the year this season? Uh, as we yeah. talked about because like it's it's really if the team does good and if your team did good last season you're not really going to win it this season it's more or less who improved in the offseason 
Yeah, like unless you got some crazy record like the Warriors, I think that you're probably not going to win it. But I, I've honestly got um, Billy Donovan from the Bulls. Like Theo said, I, they didn't make the playoffs this year, and I guarantee you they'll be a top three seed this year. Yeah. So I think the Knicks were not in playoff contention last year, and then they went to being a fourth seed. So Or fifth seed. It was fourth or fifth. I know that. But for the Bulls to not make the playoffs, were they even in the play-in tournament? I don't remember. They weren't no, even in the no. playoff they, they were, tournament. They were out of the play-in tournament. They were eleven, like an eleventh seed or lower. I think it was eleventh. I think they just missed it. Eleventh seed to be able to go to a top three seed in the crazy offseason that they had. And as a coach, that's actually I think coach of the year. People just see as like, oh, the best team's coach wins. But to be a coach to be able to have a bunch of players come from different teams in one season, and you have to coach them and make them work together. I think that that's really impressive, and I think Billy Donovan can do that because seeing what he's done with with other teams. So I think that he can do, I think he's going to do great things with the bulls. And I think that he's going to win coach the year. No, a hundred percent. It's super underrated. The award, it just happens to be that it, it goes out to the teams that improve the best, but that makes sense, right? Last year, again, as we mentioned, the Knicks weren't even in playoff contention and look what they did. So of course it's going to go there. Like you didn't really have a choice because they surprised everybody, literally everybody. Right. So I'm um, looking actually for the, the pardon me, the Knicks to continue and build off that this season. Um, Theo, who's your choice for defensive player of the year this season? Yeah, there's, there's those, those few guys, I think, that are, there's probably five guys in the conversation that you could look at. Obviously, Rudy, Draymond, maybe Ben Simmons, Giannis, Drew Holiday as well. So I would say definitely one of those guys. I have a feeling I feel like Draymond Green deserves one, so I'm gonna go with him for this year. Emma Teo, your choice for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, I got Anthony Davis. I think that he just missed it that year against Giannis in 2020. So I think that if he improves and I, you everyone saw it, he bulked up this year. So I think that he's gonna be getting crazy blocks this year and a good amount of steals. I think that if he averages like two and a half blocks a game. I think that he'll get it. And like maybe a steal, a steal and a half a game. I think that he'll for sure get them defensive player of the year. So yeah, I think AD can get it. Yeah. And as Theo kind of talked about there, there's always just that group of five or six guys who are kind of known to be the best defensive presence on the floor. You got Giannis, you got Rudy, like all those guys are always in contention for defensive player of the year. So to throw a guy like Anthony Davis in there, I don't think that's an issue. I actually could see that happening if he has a good defensive season, obviously. So um, to finish things off here, obviously we're going to talk about the MVP award. Now we've kind of touched on this various different times with different players. There's some obvious picks for MVP out of this group here, but there's also some guys who might sneak in that we didn't hundred percent think would last season feel Who's your pick for the 2021-22 NBA season MVP? Yeah, so again, there's like that group of seven or eight guys that are going to be in it. You know, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Curry, Paul George, I think, is going to slip in there. Luka. A lot of people are thinking Tatum might be able to get something. I'm not too sure about that one. I feel like this could be Luka's first MVP year. I think there's a, there's a very good chance of that, but... 
I, I want to, I've got to see more, but I, I think I'm going to say Luca for this year. I feel like it's his time. Right. Yeah. He, he balled out. I mean, he was great in the playoffs. Mateo, who do you think is going to win this year's MVP? Yeah. I got two players in mind. I got Paul George and Luca. Luca to start. He's getting better every year. He's pro- like, he's going to average a triple double this year, probably with 28 points. The Mavs didn't do much this season with offseason. So I think if they get like a fourth seed, I think that he could probably win MVP. And also Paul George, because if he can show that he can lead the Clippers without Kawhi, I think if he's averaging a like 28 points a game, 29, I think that's doable for him. Paul George, you can't underestimate him. So yeah, I think I got Paul George taking it because they'll get he'll get rack up stats and then once Kawhi comes back they'll get their seeding up a bit more because obviously you've got Kawhi on your team so yeah I think that after Kawhi comes back with their seeding going up and everything I think that he could be a serious candidate for MVP yeah after a great playoff run too I'm expecting big things from him um now right before we end off here I just wanted to throw something out there I I don't think Trey Young is going to be the MVP of the league by no means but we saw him have a borderline MVP type playoff run I mean this guy literally took the Hawks on his back and led them into the conference championship. Theo, what are your expectations for Trey Young this year? And do you think that if he continued that type of flow that he had in the playoffs, that he could at least be a candidate for MVP? Oh yeah. That's another one of those young guys I was talking about at the beginning that I want to see if they're going to really blossom and take what they did from their first playoff run to the regular season. So I think there's definitely a possibility that he could go crazy and maybe maybe be in that conversation. I'm not sure about the Hawks seeding, especially with the East getting stronger this year. So that might be tough, but I think he could definitely put his name out there and people are going to have him on the radar for years going forward after this year as an MVP type player. Yeah, there's always great competition for the MVP award, obviously. So I don't think Trey's going to get it this year. But again, if he can continue what he was doing in the playoffs into this regular season, I expect him to at least have his name thrown into the mix. Mateo, what are your expectations for Trey for this upcoming season? Yeah, I I don't see him winning MVP, but I think especially after after last year's playoff run, and I know he's going to play good this year. I think especially, I think it's honestly, I, I think this after last playoff, but this year especially, I think he's going to really establish himself as a superstar in the league and probably like a top 10 player, to be honest. I think that he is doing great things for the Hawks and getting his player teammates involved, racking up the assists, racking up the threes, the points. I think that he's going to show himself as a superstar in this league. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw in the playoffs, and I expect him to be the leader of that Hawks team heading into the season. So that's going to wrap things up for the episode tonight. Again, Mateo, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it and hope to have you on as the season progresses. Yeah, of course. I can't wait for the season to start. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be great. And Theo, again, man, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts on the season. Yeah, no problem. I'm ready to get going. Go Raptors. Go Kings. Come on. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, let's go Kings for sure. And again, thank you, everybody, for coming on to watch. I appreciate your time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And we will see you guys in a few weeks to discuss more NBA. Peace out.